day before. I did. So, well, I did. You know, I did last night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. So you should do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I should start at this time. Yes. Man, we need to plan this stuff out. Hey, welcome to Why Aren't You Famous podcast season two. Why, <laughs> why, 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 why aren't you famous podcast? <laughs> As if there's some other like other <laughs> late night television commercial or also like why i'm being critical of podcasts why aren't you famous podcast yeah what, what's, what's seem, your problem i apologize listeners it was definitely a problematic introduction i wasn't prepared as we usually do we like to throw ourselves into the fire and start it as the song begins mm-hmm. and we decided moments before the theme song came on that i would be the doing the intro and obviously i was not prepared yeah, but that, but here we are. Here we are. We're not going to worry about it. Nope, it's okay. You're listening to the Why Aren't You Famous podcast with your hosts, Ellen Cherry and Andrew Grimm. And today's guest is our friend from Columbus, Ohio, now Richmond, Virginia, Matt Monta. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you all may remember Matt Monta from the uh, season finale of last year at the Four Hour Day Luthery, the live taping of the podcast. Yep. Where uh, we had Matt Monta uh, on the uh, on the live podcast talking to us about touring and yeah what all that other stuff and we just spent time on the road together. Yep, and he was also point. a featured song in um, one of the episodes, like the second or third episode, yeah. I think. So Matt's getting Matt's getting a lot of wiring famous love. He's getting he's getting <laughs> some he's getting some play in yeah the, in the wave. He's getting some wave play. Okay, this is getting weird. It is weird. It is weird. It's odd. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyhow, was, we're uh, all a little punchy. We're, right. we're a little punchy. It's, it's you been and a long I are. Day. Everyone's road weary. I was gonna say you and I, right? You're also on the road too. So I'm just weary. So we're <laughs> road we're weary. Generally, general weariness. Yeah. Well, and we just uh, we're, we're kind of like podcast burned out at this point because like, this is our third podcast it's in a row. Like and, like, and well, but it's like in in three days we've been we've it's been a podcasting, intense, podcasting, podcasting. Different schedule than the way season one was, right. but I think we're doing pretty well, and we just need to get into a rhythm. But the difference is, is that this time, instead of writing essays, which um, I think were had their own challenges, and then recording them, this is a little bit of a different muscle stretching you know we're having to write songs right, and of course and whittle down a little bit more yeah and we're not really prepared with our songs either. i don't know who you're talking about i'm talking about you girl my song's finished yeah my song's well finished it's too. an idea let's it's just say a, that and that's the draft. point that's the grace that we're giving everyone right. on this podcast and ourselves is that these are rough demos and it's we're all trying to right. fit it into like a very large hustle yes it's, it's the hustle of all hustles now before we get started i want to let people know that matt monta comes from columbus ohio uh he's an aries he enjoys long walks on the beach um, and oh, you're an Aries too? No, I'm a Scorpio. I was gonna say. He also <laughs> good guess though. Thank you. It's close. Um, he also had he also had, took a shine to John Glenn, who is uh, a, an Ohio son, and um, he uh, went to Ohio State, and he has a degree in microbiology. Oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't know it was in microbiology. No, it's in political science. Okay, yeah. What's yeah. the difference? Yeah, what is the difference? Um, academic man. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. I have a degree. Oh, I have a degree. I don't. Oh, I don't have a degree in microbiology. Mm-hmm. Apparently, allegedly. The the only difference is that political science is actually a, a bachelor. Um, it's got I the word it's a science bachelor in of it. arts, and it's and it's not actually a bachelor of science. Hmm. Um, there is no. I mean, there is. I have friends who are in political science, and they do legitimate research. Um, but that's too tedious for me. So right, I, right. I learned a yeah, lot those about sound like really exciting friends. <laughs> they actually are very interesting people, but at the same time, um, uh, I learned more about the campaign 
aspects and sort of the so social consequences of politics and and governing and mm -hmm. and uh, policy making and things like that which apparently uh, plenty of people after they cast their vote in several recent elections were surprised that there were consequences politically yeah especially <laughs> they're like what especially those poor people in florida who vote you know consistently for republicans who cut funding for their aid when hurricanes come and then they yeah. say how did this happen and it's really sad what's happening down there and um you know i'd prefer maybe not to get too deep into a political discussion. Nah. Granted, I have a degree. <laughs> I mean, See, I might as well... Waving it around. <laughs> just right in front of your face. It's like, I may not be a biological, <laughs> microbiology... Listeners, you don't, you don't understand. Person. He actually has his degree and he's waving it around in the room. We're, yeah, I mean, we're at my house, so of course I got my degree out. <laughs> Wears it like a badge. Yeah, I carry it to gigs with me. I... You I guys, put it in I'm the window legit. of my car. It's like, hey, don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> I have my degree. <laughs> I have a Bachelor of Arts mm. in, a, in a thing that sounds like science. He's a poli-sci guy. There is, I mean, there is science to it, but, like, it's all witchcraft, <laughs> I think. Like, I mean, like, that 538 stuff, like, the, um, you know, the prediction, the prediction, yeah, yeah, the prediction models that they're able to use are pretty interesting. But after, after this last uh, presidential election and the two years we've had to endure, you know, Everything I learned in political science, none of it, none of it really seems to matter much right. at all anymore. None of that, had, uh, no frameworks make any more sense. I, I mean, unless you look back to fascism in the like late twenties and early thirties, and then it really makes a lot of sense. Right. But nobody wants to really say the f word. Oh, I say it all the time. Oh, me too. Oh, she's like fascist this, fascist, fascist that. that. You mean like when they when they're too slow with your order at Panera? <laughs> like, where's my apple chicken salad, you fascist? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been following me around? I, you know, I, I that see, really I sounds see, your, like I see your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of rage towards yeah. Panera Bread yeah, Panera on rage. my yeah. on my Instagram. Okay, mm. this I have gluten free. A, <laughs> this isn't gluten free, you wheat fascists. I feel like fascists are like you guys. We're way more hardcore than you give us credit for in all these stupid comparisons. <laughs> right, come on. We like actually kill people, <laughs> you jerks, oh, you fascists. fascism fascists. Fascist fascists. Yeah. Yeah, he was a fascist fascist. <laughs> Facile fascist. Ooh. Mm. Okay, we're getting. Anyway, off back to topic. Right. I was gonna bring something up about okay. actual actuarial science, but then I realized it was gonna be kind of depressing. So is we'll, that we'll is that it. like uh, like in insurance? Yeah, I have a relative people, who people got a degree in like actuarial sciences, and it was like when I actually understood finally what the purpose of that, why you would get a degree in it, and then how you would be employed. Yeah, it's used mostly by insurance companies and mortgage companies to basically like it's not it's to fend off liability lawsuits. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what uh, Edward Norton's character did in Fight Club. Is he an actuarial scientist? Yeah, and you remember he's on the airplane and he was saying something like, he's like, I work for an auto company and they do the math oh, and they say right, if, yeah. if it costs yeah. more to deal with a lawsuit than to do it's, it's a recall. It's cheaper to settle than it is to recall, yeah. Yeah, and the lady goes, which company do you work for? And he's like, a major one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he'll say. 
Yeah. Okay, anyway, so back on task, yes, as you were on, saying. Yes, back on task. Because we are trying to keep these podcasts a, a well, little bit briefer. Yeah, briefer than they, yeah. they were in the past. Uh, no more two-hour epics. Ah. Um, so the uh, when we were when we were going back and forth with Matt about uh, being on the podcast for this season and talking about the songs that we're going to write uh, and the subject matter, the one thing that um, was really interesting is that Matt was going through a transitional phase where he and his wife were moving from Columbus, Ohio to Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife uh, is a professor at UVA. Is that right? Uh, no, at uh, Randolph Macon College. Randolph Macon. Yep. Okay. And so, you know, he said he, he was talking about the whole transition thing. Like, here's a change that is happening in my life that's a big deal. And then at the same time, Ellen Cherry was going through a moving phase. And so she was going through, you know, transition and stuff like that. And my fourth in 2.5 years. Yeah. Well, the, the last one I remember <laughs> was when we did the live podcast recording at the four hour day Luther. <laughs> I got recruited to move a couch, a couch. and several yeah, other very, items. A very lightweight couch into the basement, which I actually ended up selling for 25 bucks. What? Yeah. Yep. So my 5% from moving the couch. Here it comes. <laughs> you can reinvest it in the podcast. Perfect. I will do that. <laughs> Consider that my investment. Oh, great! So, so, so we're thinking about that idea of change or transition, and so I kind of want to open up the discussion of talking about that with you first, Matt. Like, mm-hmm. um, how are you feeling about change and transition? Like, when you think about those words or those terms, or like, you know, is it a geographical thing? And if it's a geographical thing, does it affect you? Like your, you know, your uh, inner equilibrium of whatever, like everything you know here in Columbus. How long have you lived in Columbus? Uh, ten years, okay. uh, more than that. I was twenty eighteen. Yeah, I'd say you know full time as a citizen, not as a college student. Yeah, uh, 10, mm-hmm. 10 to twelve years. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so you got to know a place, get familiar. You know how to oh, get around. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And there's all those all those uh, uh, articles hanging up in your office next to your degree in poli sci mm-hmm. uh, that talk. You know, so there's like you, you know you're an established. Um, voice in in Columbus, one would say. Sure. Um, in your scene, yeah. Right. Part so, of the scene. So what, what what's that been like for you? Um. Well, this isn't. First of all, um, I guess I should say this isn't my first rodeo with moving. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, uh, my wife got her uh, first job after finishing her PhD at Purdue University, which is in Lafayette, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So that's four hours away. So, I, I mean, we moved out there, and, you know, the first thing you do, I think, as a musician when you go anywhere is you try to figure out where can I play. Right. And so, you know, I got kind of a, a cursory introduction in terms of adapting to a new environment. Like, you know, what what are the venues like? What's the town like? What are what What's the cycle? You know, mm-hmm. in, in Lafayette, what I found is all the – best events and gigs took place in the summer and we were there in the fall the and year. winter <laughs> and during the school year so like they're like uh, you know I was talking to them, they said, oh well may we have this huge event and you should come play and i said i want to be gone man right. i'm not like uh, you know and they're like oh well maybe maybe some other time so um plus that year was the first year that you were full-time right it was yeah, so, so i that's went a from, huge transition as well because you have to like realize like yeah. The seriousness of the hustle. It's not just sort of like your imagination starts to crash up quickly against reality, I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is being having been in Columbus and in the music scene here for 10 years, it you you build an infrastructure that I think you, one, one builds an infrastructure that they take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, generally, 
in Columbus, I can make a phone call and get a gig. Mm-hmm. And what I started finding, obviously, when you go to a new place is nobody knows who you are. So who do you call to get a gig? And then if you right. call to get the gig, are they going to return your call? Or are they going to take you seriously? And you have to, um, you know, spend the time building that personal infrastructure for yourself to be able to have confidence and comfort in where you're at. So in Richmond, um, you know, moving out there, having been now in my second year of playing music full time, um, you know, I have and and having gone through Lafayette, Indiana, um, it's it's. I'm I'm a little more I guess methodical in the approach yeah. of uh you know what am I what's what's my purpose like what do I want to do what do I want to accomplish and and I guess being more observational in terms of like what types of bands play at what types of places fortunately Richmond Virginia has a very rich music scene yeah the, there, I feel like it's pretty diverse there there, yeah. there are a lot of restaurants and bars that have music some of them five nights a week and what's the most interesting music that you've gotten out to see since you've moved there? Um, well, there's, there's a couple things. One, um, there was a, uh, a woman that I met at this, uh, like sort of blues jam thing. And it's, um, Alana Lisa and the hot mess. And she's like the front singer. And then she has, it's like a new Orleans style jazz band. And there's a, a couple horn players, an upright bass player, a drummer and a guitar player. And they play stuff from the old, you know, Cab Calloway collection up to Amy Winehouse. And then they take other things and turn it into these like Dixieland, New Orleans jazz numbers. So that was that was a a pretty cool, you know, evening out to see her band. Um, There's this open mic called uh, at a place called Cary Street Cafe. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I learned in the Richmond open mic scene is that you have to get there early to sign up. Otherwise, you're playing last if you're playing at all. <laughs> and the Cary Street open mic is is a is a real trip. Um, it's very busy. A lot of the musicians go not necessarily to play, but just to hang out and see what's going there on. There was a uh, one at the eight by ten in Baltimore that was like that when I first moved to Baltimore oh, yeah. in two thousand. Monday nights. Monday nights, and it was like it was you know really competitive in a really good way people really would see each other there make connections form bands relationships mm-hmm. and you had to be there early and sign up and but people stayed all night even if you didn't play because it was about building community and that's like yeah. that's one of the things that you and I or Andrew and I have talked about on over the years is like one of the fun things to do is just like if you have a night off just find an open mic night because mm-hmm. that is really where a scene is building and one of the hardest working bands in Maryland, Illy Amy, used to have an open mic. Well, he had a whole database of places that they mm-hmm. had toured that Rob Hinkle put up, but they host open mic nights still, yeah. too, you know, like fostering other musicians. It's such a great way to meet. So I'm glad that you connected with a, a good open mic in Richmond. I mean, that's that's one of several. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's there's one Monday through Thursday, and they're all Do they full. still have, like, an alternative weekly there, like a print alternative weekly? Uh, yes, they do, and I think it's called City Scene. I can't remember. So if anyone from Richmond is listening, don't don't fault me. No, You're but finished. I'm just asking. You're finished in the town, Matt. You're I'm just asking because it's good for like 
we've lost um, yeah, city, paper. city Paper closed in Baltimore, yeah. so there's no longer Alternative Weekly. And then there was one called The Baltimore Beat, which lasted like a month. Yeah. And it went under pretty quick. This is after the City Paper even got bought by The Sun. So yeah. it's like we had, it was going to go away, and then it wasn't going to go away. It was going to get saved by The Sun Papers, and then it was gone. Yeah. And there's not really like an a paper i mean i really liked the city paper like i didn't necessarily agree with all of their choices about stuff that they reviewed they frequently ignored the folk singer songwriter scene and they also did not i in my opinion include as much like stuff that was happening at the lyric opera house or the bso but at least it was a little bit more diverse than our our college radio our triple a radio station is it's okay i think that they can handle the criticism i hope so I mean, WLOY is an actual college radio station that is pretty right. diverse in its programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's true. So now, uh, how do you feel about change and transition, <laughs> Ellen Cherry? Um, how do I feel about it? Yeah, like, what do you think about it? I think that in line with my personality that I've come accustomed to now for the last over four decades, <laughs> I'm getting used to it, finally, <laughs> is that I really like change. I really think that it has mostly positive effects in my life but it takes me a long time to really get around to the appreciating it so what I'm working on now especially this year is appreciating change while it happens Mm -hmm. and accepting it as like it's the rule of the universe evolution change or die and so it's like one of those situations just like get used to it you know the fact that I have moved so many times in the last couple of years is because I'm frankly searching for a home for myself and as an I've learned a lot about the fact that like I used to be a homeowner in the city of Baltimore and renting is something completely different and to do it as a single person is like I don't know how people are affording it and it's sort of a bigger message to me and very open like eye-opening and revelatory about that but the wonderful thing about moving so many times in a short period of time is like every single time I move, I have less stuff yeah. because I'm just like, I don't want to carry this crap again up and downstairs. I don't so want to carry this couch down the do steps. I, do I <laughs> exactly like that couch got carried down the steps by these two fine gentlemen and myself. And then I, that was it. I was yeah. like, it's in the basement. It's getting sold. I'm not bringing up back up any steps or anything. No. So I have a lot less stuff and that feels really good because I feel like, um, there's relatives in my life who are doing that as at an older stage and they have much more stuff and I'm getting rid of my stuff now. So change is good. I think change is ultimately positive. It's just that how do I feel about it when it's happening? (laughs) Just like most human animals, it's not always like the best feeling. And if I'm not rested, then I'm just like, this sucks. But yeah, change is tough. I think there's a real struggle in change. Like, um, I mean, How do it, you feel about change? Well, I, 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 I don't like change a whole lot. Who um, does? <laughs> well, because I think like I think the type of change that I'm I'm for is the change over a period of time and positive and growth and like yeah, and, you know, hindsight and I think stuff that feels solid like a foundation. Yeah, and I th- I, th- I like I like change as a learning process. Like when I I mean who I was 20 years ago. Oh my goodness, you know, I'm not exactly a 100 percent different dude. But I see things differently. I've changed my perspectives. We're all kind of blobby at that age. <laughs> like 20s, you're like sort of like unformed. No offense to 20-year-olds, but like... No, total offense to 20-year-olds. It's just like... It's Shape ma- it up out there. It's No, but that's Gosh, when come you... come on, I'm 28. You, when you are... <laughs> you're not 28. No. I'm a president and a half older than that. <laughs> Ooh, damn. No. 
Well, yeah, I think like um, I, I think about change. Like it's, it's that idea of of change as, as growth. You know, um, change as in uh, progression or 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 wisdom, maybe. Yeah. You know, and and I think the positive changes in in my life have always been um, learning what not to do. Yeah. You know, like a process of elimination. Yeah. I think for me, it's about, about like having a better reaction to it. Sure. Because I'm like, I get tend to be, I think also because of hypervigilance and that's kind of what I, I mean, it's leading us to talk about the songs we wrote. That's definitely present in mind. It's just like, how do I let go of, it's about letting go during yeah. changing process, like letting go of material possessions, letting go of like relationships that aren't working anymore, whether those are friendships or romantic relationships or even familial relationships. It's just like, you have right. to like figure out who's on this path that you're on. Right. And you know, like it's, I don't know, it's, that's hard too, because that's not as easy as like looking at a book and thinking, I don't want this book anymore. <laughs> right. You know? Sure. Well, I went to, a, um, I went to a flea market with a dupe, uh, yes, two days ago. Yeah. And we, I was walking through the flea market and all I could think was like, man, you people have a lot of stuff. <laughs> not only do you have a lot of stuff, but you had a lot of stuff like that's old. Like old stuff that like, you know, things that are broken and like small pieces of things that like, I don't know, uh, like radio parts and stuff that like, well, man, you're really hopeful that somebody's going to come to this flea market and, <laughs> and buy that transistor, you know, but they had them all out on display. And as a lot of people had things that were still in the packages from the 70s. And it's like, well, you've been holding on to that for that long. Oh Bringing it goodness. out every weekend. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, it made me start thinking about, like, um, I, I want to just go home and start throwing away all my stuff. <laughs> you like, need to make you know, a change about Make a change about those things. About your um, open space in your house. Yes. Well, and the, uh, the idea, too, of, like, what Matt was mentioning about, like, learning a new scene, you, it's, I think it's ultimately really, really good to do that every once in a while, but that's just for me. Like, I even though I may claim to not like it, I do actually like the adventure of making a new home somewhere. Sure. Cause you get to kind of like start the story over again. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's kind of like you in Richmond. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. I mean the, the thing is, is about the thing about change is how, you know, everyone figures out a way to adapt to it. And, you know, I, I, I think that if you want more stuff, you got to figure out a way to maintain and move it. You know, we look at, you know, when we were in the process of buying our house in Columbus, we were looking at just fanciful, you know, peaks at some of these homes uh, that are $800,000. And I said, you know, we joke and say, well, if we pooled, if we sold everything we had and pooled all our money, like maybe we could buy it. I was like, but then we got to maintain it. Yeah. Like you can have, you could probably get a nice big house if you really wanted to, but the cost is maintaining it. Mm -hmm. And it is. And it's not just the financial cost, it's the time and energy cost. Absolutely. Of like, and what could else could you be doing with that time? Absolutely. And so, you know, what I've found is that everybody, you know, you can make anticipations on what is going to change. For example, like, your car might break down on your way back from Colorado, right? Mm -hmm. And it might be an expensive thing. But the thing is, is if you've at least done prepare, you know, you've done some preparation or, or had have an expectation that like, I have this object and I'm going to need to invest money in it. Um, I think a lot of people just, um, you know, accumulate 
attachments in their lives and then, um, you know, become overburdened with the uh, task of maintaining those, whether, like you said, their relationships or a home yeah. or your car or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think coming to terms with the fact that you can't maintain everything 100 percent. Um, it's like embracing the temporariness of a, things. A good, uh, a good exercise in maintaining um, things and bettering oneself is The Sims. You ever play The Sims? That computer game? No, no. That's like a that is a definite balance. Like everything is quantified, even your relationship levels with with other characters in the game. It's all quantified, hmm. so you can take a take a look and see oh, these people aren't my friends anymore. How do I make them? How do I develop my relationship and get that number above fifty? So you invite them over and then you hug them until until they get up to ninety and you kick them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Just like well, real friendship. Well, yeah, that's how, how, how's that any different than than, than real life? Uh, but the, um, but it's but it's tough. And the, and the thing is 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 I think that um, you know inequality has a lot to do with what what we define as change. For example, what we may see is as change. You know, moving a new apartment uh, might manifest itself in uh, differently for somebody who's. A contractual worker, you know, like uh, an Uber driver, or even working at Walmart, where your schedule is different week to week, and you have no means of predicting um, what's going to happen. And I think the ability for some predictability in one's environment, whether it's through work or relationships or geographical location, um, allows us to better adapt to mm-hmm. what's happening. And unfortunately, we're hitting a um, sort of a uh, a perfect storm of, of unpredictability in the economy, unpredictability in the government, and unpredictability in society. And, and weather. Uh, and Yeah, and weather. And, uh, n- and nobody's really dealing with it very well right now. Right. I've had, I mean, I know we need to move to our, yes. our songs really soon, but just the last thing I would say about that is like, that's a, definitely the forefront of my mind in the last two months because going through the financial process to get into this apartment, which is an ideal situation for me, and I'm loving it, but the instability of the places that I lived before that for years, I'm amazed at the amount of work that I could get done in the midst of that chaos because housing insecurity, and I have the ability to work, is like, it is emotionally taxing mm-hmm. and I can't even imagine being home, actually homeless. Like I wasn't actually homeless. I just wasn't in the ideal locations, you know, mm-hmm. and there were problems like major problems with each place that I lived for the last right. couple of years. But it's like, that's, that's a real deal for a lot of people. And yeah. to have the psychological stress of like, yeah, you, we should be able to like make sure that everybody has a home that suits them, you know, or gets as close as it possibly can to suiting their needs, not necessarily their wants, but their needs. So that they can be more productive and handle the ups and downs of like, you know, can't really feel like I can have trust in the president or the climate or the things that are going to be unstable or the things that are like, you know, making us feel unstable. We don't actually have the extra psychic energy because you're you don't feel at home, you know, like a a basic essential human need. The uh, song Cold Water by Tom Waits is a good uh this is a good song dealing with that topic. Description of it, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of songs, nice yep. segue, Matt. Good segue, Matt. Go. Cool. You're we're right going to take a break, and we're going to reset, and Matt's going to lead us off with his song, um, Grappling with Change and Transition. Right. Be right back. 
This is a song called, What Am I Doing Here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Nothing but didn'ts for me now Friends turn their backs on me anyhow What am I doing here? Why am I hanging around? Why am I hanging around? Losing Call you cute and funny. What am I doing here? Where am I gonna go? The brightest stars ain't so dim. There's no illusion about the state. Drive the ball, give the big wheel a spin And come up empty again and again What am I doing here? Nice. That's really good. Thank yeah. you. So you wrote that earlier this week? Yes. And what were you thinking about? Like, what was the... I mean, you know, there's been a lot of times in my life with jobs and, and, and with a lot of things, like you say, when you, when you kind of reach a point where you make a decision on, you know, do I stay? Um, is it worth it for me to stay? Is it worth it for me to deal with the stuff that I'm dealing with? Um... Or is it time to shed obligations, shed comfort? Um, and, you know, I took sort of that approach because I, I can't tell you the number of times I've been somewhere and I just think, what am I doing here? Yeah. And that was... Because of, yeah, a common the, sentiment for plenty of people who are just like... How did I get here? <laughs> and, and and you you know I think about that sort of in a, in a broader sense too. Just as an American citizen, sometimes you know it's like I, I look other places and you know, they got their problems, but they've also got like universal health care. 
good food right. or, or just general humanity and kindness as their go- golden like guiding moral center sure yeah. 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 actually christian values what people would say are christian values caring for other people actual real christian values yeah <laughs> but i mean that's you know that's sort of uh, you know and i've been in a lot of those spots before where it's where you know what's the point why am i here and um you know, trying to uh, take a, a whole look at um, how we make decisions for ourselves and, you know, I think how other people with some power or influence, material or otherwise, uh, impact our desires and decisions to do what's right or do what's best for ourselves. It's also hard, too, because I feel like in our culture, there's a sense of like, I don't know if it's like 20 years of superhero movies, but that every decision is like the most dire decision you're going to make and the most serious decision and it's going to affect the rest of your life. And it's like, well, just like any other thing on the planet and anything in our lives, it's a series of like actually tiny decisions, you know, the daily decisions that you make in your life to either try to do better, try to do better, or Mm -hmm. just allow yourself to do worse, you know? And so, like, I feel like there's always this pressure of, like, you have to be, it's important to be thoughtful, but there's a hesitation, like, in my ability to remove, I can move on from material possessions a lot easier than I could before, but moving on from existential questions and relationships are the most difficult for me. They they are tough, and and I want to talk about, just for a second, um, I want to talk about that that the concept of the lyric, you know, the the refrain of, you know, what am I doing here, you know, and that that's the that's the antidote to complacency, mm-hmm. and that idea that like you, you get caught in this cycle, or um, you're you're really used to how your life is going, and to to change and to move out of that is really really difficult to do. If you're in a situation where there's, you know, you're you're not in pain, but you're not in growth, mm-hmm. and then you get to this point of like, well, wait, well, where's my purpose? And if that purpose isn't clearly where you are, then you have to make that change. And I thought that was really cool. You know, I, I think it's an interpretation of your song, at least. It's harder to do the existential and emotional change, I think, than actual the physical change. Yeah, I, I really mean, I've, do I've been because doing push-ups all the time. I'm, my, I mean, my, you are jacked, Grim. Like, my, my, I was going to say it, but... My, my, my pecs are ripped. I've been blasting my quads. Well, in the interest of time, should we <laughs> yes, set up okay. Should we set up for right. my song? Yes, yes. We'll move on to, to Ellen Cherry's As song. Matt Monta said a moment ago, TTYL. Are you ready? Because <laughs> I'm proving that I'm not, but the song is called Are You Ready? Pack your boxes and suitcase Check the mirror for a new face No more knocking on the door It's not locked up anymore Leave some time to do Sort through careful what you carry with you All the lightning and the thunder May make you stop and wonder Are you 
ready to run, ready to fly, ready to do or to do and die, ready to leave the past behind. Are you ready? It gets easier to learn what to keep and what to burn with a secret up your sleeve who to love and who to leave just as long as you prepare it's okay to be so scared and to stop and pray for help especially when you ask yourself are you Ready to run, ready to go, ready to find out what you don't know. Ready to, it might be going fast, it might be going slow. Are you ready? I'm gonna keep going because it's a demo and I don't care. Ready to run, ready to fly, ready to do or to do and die. Ready to leave the past behind. Are you ready to fly? Are you ready to fly? Thanks. All right. Yeah, I want to keep that one because it's obvious that it was played by a live human woman. Yes. Yeah, so those robots? <laughs> those, ro <laughs> those robotic women? <clears throat> I don't want to talk about those robotic women. <laughs> oh, man. So is this song autobiographical? It is a little bit autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like a checklist. It is a checklist, right? Right. So we were talking about moving, and I think the the thing that I struggle the hardest with is not like, I mean, after having so much experience with it in the last couple of years, the, even the idea of moving a couple of weeks ago was just like, okay, well, it's just a matter of like, I'm going to have super buff arms from lifting boxes and moving. And I did, huh. <laughs> but it's the relationship stuff that I have trouble with, like friendships and romantic relationships and like whole, I don't know, stuff that I, I'm constantly trying to remind myself, like, what do I really want to carry into the future? including people. And that's hard mm. for me because I think that like, I just see the intrinsic value in people. Sure. And so that makes it difficult for me to be like, are you, and this is like a question to the, you know, it's a question to myself. Are you ready to run? Are you ready to fly? It's do or die. So I was really proud of the line, um, who to love and who to leave though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that one. So it's pretty good. Yeah. This is a song literally written in like less than 24 hours. Cause it's been hard moving and doing all this podcasting stuff and getting ready to do the tour <laughs> and doing the regular hustle and also doing gigs while I was moving. And, right. um, and so the last three songs that I've written have been like literally the day that they've been due and which has been good. It's been a good practice, but yeah. anyway, what's the title of your song? Grim? Uh, I don't know. I have to look at my song. Okay. I, I'm, I'm being, Oh, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, take away. Okay. Well, I was I was asking because I thought it was interesting that both Ellen and my song were centered around questions. Mm. Right. And I, I we haven't heard yours yet. Yes. Um, but it better be centered around a question. But no, but that's <laughs> but that's that's the thing is like I I think um you know, I I think maybe sometimes the hardest thing is asking the question like you yeah. said the, that's you know, what am I doing here is maybe the catalyst towards 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 making a decision how to adapt to change and sure and i think um you know it feels like 
now people just get, they're just like, I want an answer before they even know what the question is. True. Right, right. No, that's a really good point. And, you know, I think you posed a lot of questions very eloquently in your song um, that, uh, you know, I relate to, certainly. Um, but I thought it was, and, and that, that, that observation didn't even occur to me until you said, this song's called Are You Ready? And I was like, that's a question, too. And then your whole thing was like, questions. And I've, you know, recently have found myself, um, I've been trying to avoid it to some degree, writing songs with questions in them. Yeah, but I find yeah. that. I find that that is what is motivating my writing at some point. So, yeah. you know, and I, who knows why? I'm well, also looking for answers. We're in such a questionable time. I mean, not, and that's, I don't mean that in, in a punk sense. It's like, it, it's, it's a very unsure time. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to look to, we look to our artists to not necessarily ask questions, but answer questions, but nobody's asking the questions. Do we look to the artists though? Do people look to artists? I think, well, they're, that, they're, I think that they do. It's, it's either that like, or they're going to look to a con man. Yeah. Yeah. True. And I the, mean, and the question is that, like, how's that working out for you so yeah. far? It's working out great. A lot of people think that it's working out great. I think that's one of the problems. But yeah. hey, I want to get to your song so we have a little bit of time to chat afterwards okay. as well. Okay. So we're going to hold on, get Andrew Grimm tuned up, and get his song going. Hopefully, there's a question in it or maybe an answer. We'll find out. Probably. Cool. All right, this is a song called Takeaway. Takeaway things I collected. They don't mean so much anymore. Once when I was young And I knew I thought I knew what was in store I gathered my things up in a circle Pretend I was king for a day Take away those things that money brings Till only my voice remains Take away the things I have stolen And I made My own Overtime And it's so easy When no one's looking You can rob all of them blind I speak friendly anyone who will listen and tell them that I know we're the same take away the things like golden wedding rings 
till only their faith remains Take away the things I said Take away the things I've done And now I'm nearer to thee There's no need For this old silver tongue I've given my things away I've pretended I was someone plain Take away all these things Oh, my words and my deeds Till only the truth remains Nice. Noise. Thanks. It's a little rough around the edges. There's some editing that has to happen. A couple words, a couple of things, you know. Then there's a continuity issue too. I like all the medals that show up in it. Golden mm. rings, silver tongues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that a deathbed song? <laughs> it is. It's the. Um, I was thinking about. Yeah. What were you thinking about? The the idea that um, when I was thinking about change, change is something that we always associate with um, either taking something away or adding something new. And here's somebody who had added and added and in this kind of confessional voice, it's take away all these things and this desire to, to represent that, no, I'm a good person, but when you take it all away, it's, he's still this awful person. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what we take away or what we add, we are still who we are no matter what. You know, when Matt Monta goes to Richmond, he's going to be Matt Monta in Richmond. Is that Richmond is not going to change him, you know, um, and through the f- fifteen years that I've known you, um, you know, you 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 have remained pretty much so the the same person. Yeah, you know, I I think there are things that reveal who we are. Consistent and reliable. Consistent and reliable. Just like my yeah. voice. Well, yeah. I mean, we needed something simple and easy yes. for the podcast. That's me. That's you. <laughs> um, and it's the same with me. Like, you know, I I, I think going growing older. And when we say things like, well, I changed over the years, it's like, no, you didn't change. It's just layers were worn away or were, were, there was clarity or amplified as to reveal who we are. So you, do you think that people can not change? I don't think they can. Hmm. Their, their essential nature. However, do you agree or disagree that they can change their behavior? Um, yeah, I think they can change their behavior. Right, isn't that the only thing that really can be changed? I, yeah. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, no, I, I think you, if you're a sociopath, you're sociopath. You're sociopath. <laughs> right. I mean, do people make mistakes? Sure, of course. Yeah. And do they do they change their behaviors based on their mistakes? Of course they do. Yeah. And essentially, they're either good or they're evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait a second. Now that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> right, right. But um, but anyhow, yeah, that's my song. So I liked it. Take that. Yeah, it's not my best. But I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 95 degrees in February? I'll take it. 
Aaron DeGrim song that's rough form, I'll take it. Right on. <laughs> cool. I want to thank our guest, Matt Monta. Thanks for having me. And cool. the conversation. And um, we'll be seeing you out on the road. Yeah. In fact, Matt Monta, I got a question for you. If mm. I were if I were traipsing across the internet and I was looking for a place to find all my Matt Monta needs. Where could I get those met? Where, where, would, where would I go? Well, you would uh, point your web browser to http colon slash slash www.mattmonta.com. Is that Monta with an M-O-N-T-A-W as I first learned your name? No, it is in fact M-A-T-T-M-O-N-T-A dot com. Cool. Is there a Bandcamp page? There is. It is mattmonta.bandcamp.com. Are you on Spotify? Uh, I am. You can look me up either at, under Matt Monta or w- with my band Matt Monta and the Haymakers. Right on. Do you have anything coming up that's really cool? Yeah. And what's the suggestion? Because I'm making a Why Aren't You Famous season two Spotify playlist for listeners to listen to. So which song would you like us to put on there? Well, we just released a new single on Spotify called Deflecting Blame. You want to? We'll throw that one up there. Absolutely. It's okay, topical. Cool. It is indeed. Turn my life into a game show. Take my pride and make me rich. I mean, what else are you going to do on a Saturday night? So, Andrew Grimm, what about you? Where are you on the webs? Uh, you can find me at junestar.com, J-U-N-E-S-T-A-R.com, um, and also junestar.bandcamp.com, and where I have a subscription service, and you have a subscription service, so I'll let you talk about the subscription system. I'm not going to spell my website. Ellen Cherry. Can't spell those two. Come on, folks. Ellen Cherry. All lowercase. All lowercase letters.com. <laughs> This is going to be like Ellen Cherry at all lowercase letters.com. <laughs> I can't find it. Um, Ellen.bandcamp.com. Uh-huh. I spelled Bandcamp. Yes. <laughs> Just to be ornery. Ornery. Ellencherry.bandcamp.com. And I do have subscription service as well. And I'm going to be putting these three songs on there this week, actually, just for subscribers. Once I go home, go back to my new apartment and my little studio with my piano and record them. Right on. And coming up in our next episode after uh, this one airs, we will be out in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. So we'll be talking about that as we schedule it. As we get ready. Um, I would like to thank our underwriters. Yes. James Baker, James White. James White. I forgot James White yesterday. No, I think I mentioned Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. Chris Whitaker. Chris Whitaker. Sue Selway. Sue Selway. And somebody who hasn't sent the check. Yes, but I'm going to get them just on the check. All right. So, friends, we're looking for support. We don't want to do a Kickstarter because it's like another job. Um, but we do have to pay for plane tickets, rental cars, gas, food, lodging for your, um, your gracious hosts, and production costs because it's fun to do this, but it's also fun to eat. <laughs> I like yeah. eating. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks so much to our special guest. Yep, and, thank you, Matt. Um, thank you. Who is very special. <laughs> you should see his hair. It's amazing. You, get, you do have amazing hair. It's the most amazing hair I've ever seen. It's insured for $100,000. Wow. <laughs> and on that note, friends, we'll see you next time. Bye. Yep. Take it easy.